Greetings. I'm Matt Matthews, one of the pastors here at First Pres in Champaign, and I'm happy to welcome you to our media ministry. Join us in person. We're located at the intersection of Church and State Streets, adjacent to Westside Park in downtown Champaign. Our traditional worship service is at 9 a.m. on Sunday morning, and on most of those Sundays, we offer French translation. Our contemporary services on Sunday begin at 11.15 a.m. When you come to First Pres, what you'll find, what I hope you'll find, is a community of people who support each other and who are passionate about making a difference in our community and beyond. You'll find relevant teaching for children and adults. We have at least a dozen Bible studies in small groups, including pickleball, that's right, pickleball, adult choir, a bell choir for all comers, and other programs and events designed to grow your faith and give you and me opportunities to serve. There's a place for you. I'm glad you tuned in. Our scripture this morning comes from the third chapter of John. This is a familiar passage, so listen for the word of the Lord. There's an obscure passage in in, uh, Numbers where the wandering people of Israel complain about God to Moses, God punishes them with an infestation of snakes, of poisonous snakes. The people repent, and God instructs Moses to make a poisonous snake, put it on a staff, and he does that, a bronze snake. He lifts up the staff, and when people look at it, they're all healed. That's this reference we're finding in John chapter 3. Listen for the word of the Lord. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews, He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Then Jesus answered him, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born having grown old? Can one enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly, flesh is flesh. And what is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I have said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you. We speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen. Yet you do not receive our testimony. If if I had told you about earthly things and you did not believe, how how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
I love this story of Nicodemus coming to Jesus in the cover of nighttime, in the darkness. Nicodemus clearly did not want to have a public exchange with Jesus. He didn't want to be on show. He wanted a private audience, as it were. And so he came to Jesus in the cover of night, which allowed this kind of intimacy and this kind of privacy. As far as we know, no one is there, though John records this passage, and he's the only gospel writer to do so. Nicodemus appears three times in John's gospel, here, chapter 7 or chapter 19. This first appearance took a lot of courage, probably. As Nicodemus is an everyman, one can guess that as one learns something about Nicodemus, one learns something about us. As one thinks about Nicodemus' discipleship, we can think of our own discipleship, our own journey, the ways we also approach Jesus the Christ, whether in the, the bright of glorious day or in the cover of night. Some, allow me some uh, observations, some maybe disjointed observations about Nicodemus. Some say that Nicodemus came to pick a fight with Jesus. The, the Pharisees are known for that. They're trying to trip Jesus up. They're trying to catch him. And it makes sense that if one thinks of faith as a chess match, where, where we are always practicing intellectual one-upmanship, one wonders if we have time to listen and learn. So if Nicodemus has come to, to pick a fight with Jesus, at least he seems willing to learn and he's asking questions. Some scholars say Nicodemus comes at night because Nicodemus represents evil. He represents the darkness, the power of darkness. And if that's true, it's comforting to know that Nicodemus could come to Jesus bringing his true self, whether that's filled with the powers of darkness or light. Nicodemus could bring his faithfulness and his wonder as well as his anger and his frustration that Jesus is, is messing with the status quo. Nicodemus brought himself. So can we. Some scholars suggest that Nicodemus represents a man who is lost in the dark and he's come to Jesus seeking a light. The story suggests that if if we come to Jesus, then in the face of Jesus, we too will find our, our true north. I think that's what happened to Nicodemus on that night. The slow fires of faith were lit in his heart. Some say Nicodemus came to Jesus because Nicodemus was afraid of what others might think. It's good news to know that we can come to Jesus privately as well. And we don't have to worry about what others are going to think because nobody else has to know. One day we'll want to tell them maybe, but maybe today we don't. Nicodemus didn't. Nicodemus may have come to offer advice to Jesus. Nicodemus is a well-heeled man. He's had a, his oil and lube changed lately. He, he's, uh, he's part of the uh, power elite He's part of the 71 uh, uh, person uh, tribunal called the, the Sanhedrin, uh, the, the religious, the highest court of justice in Jerusalem in New Testament times. He comes from a good family and he is of the religious elite. And he may think that Jesus needs a little help. He may think that, that Jesus is below him. So Nicodemus may come to offer advice. That's what some scholars think Nicodemus is doing here. Many folk want to serve God, 
But some of us only want to serve as advisors. <laughs> Nicodemus is told in no uncertain terms that Jesus does not need advisors. Nicodemus is a teacher. He's also a rabbi. He's, he's well known for, for his status in the community. But notice that he comes willing and eager to learn. He comes with a listening spirit. This, I suspect, is the best way to approach the divine with wonder, with awe, with questions, with curiosity, a curious anticipation. I think if we come to, come to God as if we know everything, we're less likely ever to learn anything new because we already know it all. And that's how I often approach God. I almost dare God to show me something new because I already know everything. I'm already enlightened. I'm already perfect. That's when maybe I need to find my knees and look up and be quiet because I'm not. So Nicodemus is a, a teacher and yet he comes with the spirit of wanting to learn. Many believe Nicodemus comes to Jesus in the cover of night because Nicodemus is trying to make his mind up about Jesus. He's heard about Jesus. He knows the stories. And he's trying to decide for himself what he thinks, what he believes. Uh, he's not sure. Nicodemus could come to Jesus even though he wasn't sure. So many people come to church or, or when I talk to them about church, they say, oh, I'm not sure. <laughs> and I say, well, join the crowd. <laughs> but they think they need to be sure. They need to be perfect. They need to be completely ready when they're not. Well, Nicodemus is an example of somebody who was not ready, not sure. And he came, he came anyway. Notice that Jesus and Nicodemus are talking on two different levels. Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God, about having, having to be born again, born anew, born from above. And Nicodemus is thinking on a literal level and he's not getting it. How can an old man be born again? It appears in reading all of John's gospel that Nicodemus grew in his appreciation. He grew in his understanding of the faith. But on this first meeting, much of what Jesus said to Nicodemus it didn't make sense. But Nicodemus kept listening. In the middle of the gospel, in, Jesus, in Nicodemus' second appearance to Jesus, this is chapter 7 of John, Nicodemus argues publicly against the Sanhedrin's desire to have Jesus arrested. Nicodemus is showing here that he's willing to stick his neck out at least a little bit. In the first encounter with Jesus, Nicodemus might be willing to risk a little bit. But here, he's clearly willing to risk more. His neck, his life, his reputation. Arresting Jesus is a bad idea, he says. There may come a time in our relationship with Jesus that it may require risk on our part. When Nicodemus comes to Jesus in the cover of darkness, he's willing to risk a little, but later more. Perhaps this is or this will be the case with us. At the end of G uh, the gospel of Jesus and John's gospel, the third, the third introduction of Jesus into the narrative, Jesus has died on the cross and it is Nicodemus who comes for the body. 
Nicodemus comes to bury Jesus with Joseph of Arimathea. And Nicodemus brought the spices, Scripture say a large amount, to prepare Jesus' body for burial. Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea, they prepare this body. They bury this body. And some say at this point in the gospel, uh, Nicodemus at this point recognizes the kingship of Jesus, which is why he brings too many spices, heavy and expensive spices, fitting for a king. Which begs the question for us, what gifts do we bring to God? Is our bag filled with an abundance, a superabundance of spices? Is our gift fit for a king? John Calvin believed that Nicodemus was a secret disciple. Soren Kierkegaard believed that, Jesus, that Nicodemus was working on things. He was an admirer, but not yet a follower. Many scholars agree that Nicodemus is a complex figure. Maybe sounds a little bit like you or me, like people we know. He's a work in progress, Nicodemus. And he's on his way from being intrigued by Jesus to believing in Jesus. That's what I think I like most about Nicodemus, and maybe even myself for that matter. Like Nicodemus, perhaps, we are a work in progress. We're not there yet, but we're making our way. We're growing bolder in and more curious about the faith. We never stop, by the way. We grow wiser and older, but we never stop in being curious, wanting to grow in the faith. And certainly the perfecter of our faith, Jesus the Christ himself, is willing to meet us as we are curious in the light of day or under the cover of darkness and or now at this table. May God give us the courage and the curiosity to show up. Ubi caritas et amor. Ubi caritas Deus Thank you for joining this podcast of First Presbyterian Church Champaign. Visit us at our campus at the intersection of Church and State Streets in downtown Champaign. And for more information, visit us online at www.firstpres.church. Have a great week.